So we were planning on starting our Live Full Daily on January 1st. It's this four-year project where we're going to move through every single chapter of the Bible and show you, as we learn with you, how to move your scripture reading into spirit-filled living. Every chapter of the Bible, 1,189 chapters, showing how, yes, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. It can not just be learned, but also lived through the power of the Holy Spirit. We were planning on starting that on January 1st, and I felt this stirring from the Lord. Why wait? The word of God is living and active today. There is a battle today. There are believers who need hope today. So why wait until January 1st? And uh, I was reading this morning in First Chronicles 20. I felt this stirring around this battle. And I thought, you know what? We need to start right now. So from now through the end of the year, we'll kind of be bouncing around at different chapters, wherever the spirit leads. And then we'll start a reading plan on January 1st that you can hop onto by going to livefull.org slash daily. What's on my mind this morning as I read First Chronicles 20 is how the enemy loves to isolate us. The enemy loves to isolate us. And he does this in many ways, but one way he does this is obviously he makes us feel alone and apart from God, as if we have to, in our own strength, stand against the battle. Uh, we have to stand against the temptation. We have to kind of stir it up from our own strength, where Ephesians 6 clearly says, no, you got to stand in the strength that God provides in order to stand against the enemy. You don't have any shot against him on your own, but with Christ, you can overcome through faith. So he makes us feel alone in the sense that we're apart from God, but he also makes us feel alone not just physically or spiritually, but also temporally in time. And what I mean by that is he often isolates us in the moment and keeps us from thinking about the ongoing ramifications of what we choose to do in that moment. Now, we think of this often in terms of like the negative side. If I choose sin, that's going to have a negative consequence on my family, my friends, my community. If I you know, choose lust, that's going to have these negative ramifications in my marriage. If I choose anxiety, that's going to spread anxiety in my household and so forth. We can think about this negatively. We don't as often think about it on the positive side, like scripture would have us think about it, that there are shock waves of obedience that can actually strengthen not only the people around you right now, but also the generations to come. You see this in first Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to read it out. After this, this is starting in verse four. After this, this is when David has been king for a while and he's not even going out to war at this point. After this, there arose war with the Philistines at Gezer. Then Sibachai, the Hushathite, struck down Sippai, who was one of the descendants of the giants, and the Philistines were subdued. And there was again war with the Philistines, and Elhanan, the son of Jair, struck down Lami, the brother of Goliath the Gittite. So take note of this. This is Goliath's brother. Looks like he's about the same size, or at least using you know similar weapons of size. He's a giant. But J, uh, Elanon, the son of Jair, strikes him down. It says the shaft of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. Verse 6, And there was again war at Gath, where there was a man of great stature who had six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, 24 in number. You can't make this stuff up, like 24 in number. And he also was descended, descended from the giants. So a lot of giants. Verse 7, when he taunted Israel, does that sound familiar? That sounds like 1 Samuel 17 when Goliath looked over Israel and said, almost laughed at them because they were all cowering in fear. When he taunted Israel, Jonathan, the son of Shimea, David's brother, so this is David's nephew, struck him down. These were descendants from the giants in Gath. Okay, 
I lo- just as you're reading the scriptures, notice when the scripture keeps emphasizing something over and over and over. We just read through First Chronicles 20 as if it's not saying anything to us. But again and again and again, First Chronicles 20 is highlighting, hey, there's giants, there's giants, there's giants. And Israel keeps standing firm against them time and time again. And it says they fell by the hand of David and by the hand of the servants. But notice something, David has nothing to do with any of these uh, victories. But what the scriptures are emphasizing there is he actually does have something to do with the victories. And if you go back to 1 Samuel 17, you have this scene. This is way before, before David becomes king and Israel's cowering in fear before Goliath. This history actually goes all the way back when the 12 spies, including Joshua and Caleb, went into the land to get this report and 10 of them come back and they see these enemies that were too tall. They forgot the God who led them out of Egypt and through the Red Sea and they cower in fear before these giants. It was just Joshua and Caleb who stood firm. From that point on, you have this history, this lineage, shockwaves of sin going through Israel where there's this history of Israel being afraid of giants. That leads all the way up until Saul's reign in 1 Samuel 17, where there's this one giant and all of Israel is just deathly afraid. And then you have this moment, 1 Samuel 17, where the anointed one comes forward and through faith, not in sword or shield, but in the name of his God, he stands up against Goliath and he slays the giant. Now, what we see here, and this is so beautiful, is that that moment of obedience for David did not just secure victory over a single battle. It's not that. What we see in 1 Chronicles 20 is years later, that moment of obedience, that moment of victory sent shockwaves that reversed Israel's history and turned these giants that once were a source of fear into really this common foe that they can slay in 1 Chronicles 20. There is so much more at stake in your moment of temptation than what meets the eye. And of course, like we said, if you choose to sin, that's going to send shockwaves. But what I think the scriptures are having us consider in 1 Chronicles 20 is that there are shockwaves of obedience that you can send through the generations. That when you choose faith over fear, for example, that single moment of obedience can send shockwaves of faith down to your children and their children and their children and their children. And you can turn the narrative of a generation through a single moment of obedience. I think of what Paul said in Philippians 1, where he's imprisoned and he could see that as a setback. But what he says in Philippians 1 is, no, I I actually take comfort because most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And of course, Paul believed in Jesus, who Romans 6 says that by a single act of obedience made the many righteous. The scriptures make it really clear that obedience sends shockwaves. And when we remember this, I think we totally disarm one of the enemy's favorite tactics because the enemy loves to make you think you're alone, both in the action of the battle, but also in the aftermath. And the reality is you're not alone. You have a cloud of witnesses who have gone ahead of you. They've already proven faithful. They've already shown you the reward of obedience. But also you have a cloud of witnesses behind you 
not just the Hebrews 12 cloud of witnesses that are before you, but the cloud of witnesses who are behind you. And I'm talking about the generations to come in your family, in your church, but also your brothers and sisters around you who are going to become more bold when you're bold, that when you choose faith are going to become more faithful. When you choose obedience are going to become more holy, that they're going to see your example. They're going to see you take one single stand against a giant in your life. And through the spirit of God, they're going to take the same courage to stand. So I want you today, whatever battle you're in, whether it's anxiety, fear, lust, greed, covetousness, and looking at the scriptures, looking at the faithfulness of Christ who has gone before us, envision the shockwaves of your single moment of obedience today. I want you to consider who's going to stand without fear someday just because by faith you choose to stand through your fear. Hey, thanks for joining us today as we learn how to experience full life in Christ one chapter at a time. If you want to sign up for the reading plan and more resources, go to livefull.org daily. And if you want to support Live Full Ministries, go to livefull.org give.